Hey guys, welcome to the C1 Church Podcast. I pray that this message encourages you, builds your faith, and helps you go after Jesus. If you'd like more information about C1 Church, please go to our website at c1.church. Enjoy the message and be blessed. Aren't you glad that our King has come? Our Savior, our Reconciler, our Peace, He's come. He's come to bring peace. He's come to bring joy. He's come. He also came with a sword. He's so good. Father, I pray right now that you just have your way. Lord, in this time of celebration, this time of remembering all that you've done for us, Lord, if you've never blessed us once in our life, you are still worthy because of what you did. Lord, we thank you, Lord, for for what you did, stepping out of eternity into a finite human form to take our place on a cross, to pay a debt that, that we can never pay. Lord, we thank you. And Father, I pray that as we look into your word, I pray that you will help me to rightly divide it, I pray that you will help me to say no more, no less than what you would have me to say. I pray that every person that hears it would be challenged by you, would would walk out of here uplifted and encouraged, wanting to celebrate. I pray right now that they will walk into this Christmas season, whether they're here in, in person or watching online later. I pray that you will just help them walk into the season and, and into 2021 with, with a, a new perspective, with a new outlook, with excitement, looking forward to what you're about to do in us and through us. In the mighty name of Jesus, I pray. Amen. You may be seated. Today, we are continuing in our series called Sweet Dreams. And we're going to look at a portion of scripture that you all know. You guys have probably read it every Christmas, maybe throughout the year. It's in Luke chapter 2. And it's a, my, my family had a, a tradition of on Christmas Eve, we would take and read this story. And then my mom would take and tell a story about, my mom was a storyteller in, in our home. And then she would tell a story about our Christmas tree. Our Christmas tree, California, like, there are years where we just had ugly Christmas trees. You know what I'm saying? Have you, like, have you guys ever been there? And my mom would take and put lights on it and decorate and everything, and it would become very beautiful. And um, she would tell the story about how that's kind of like what God does for us, and she would incorporate the Christmas story. But she tells this every year. And it's in Luke chapter 2. It's it's really the story of Christ's birth. It's the, the, most, the, the most common one read. And we're going to pick it up because this is such a powerful scripture. But in order to understand that scripture, we have to look at another scripture. Because I want us to get this idea today that God fulfills dreams. And this wasn't a fluke chance. The birth of Christ was planned. It was planned from before anything existed. Before God laid the foundations of the earth. God was planning the reconciliation 
of humanity. Which is kind of weird because he created everything perfect. So in Revelation chapter 3, it says Christ was slain before the foundations of the earth. This was God's plan all the time. And then we read in Isaiah 7, 10 through 14. We're going to read this first in order to get the Christmas story. So Isaiah 7, Isaiah is talking to the king and the king is surrounded by Israel to the north. This is the king of Judah. And Judah is the southern kingdom. Israel is the northern kingdom. Um, Syria is over here threatening to attack them. Israel is threatening to join Syria and attack Judah. And, and the king, King Ahaz, wants a sign from God. But Isaiah tells King Ahaz to ask God for a sign, anything. I mean, think about this. It says, later, the Lord sent this message to King Ahaz. Ask the Lord your God for a sign of confirmation. Because, like, the, Isaiah told Ahaz that he was going to have victory. He's not going to have to worry about the Assyrians. He's not going to have to worry about Israel. Like, God's going to take care of that. He's going to have victory. And this is, this is what Ahaz says. Um, and, and this is what Isaiah told Ahaz. He says, make it as difficult as you want, as high as heaven or as deep as the place of the dead. Like, I want you to get this. God is telling Ahaz to test me if I will not come through. This is a sign. I'm putting it in your court. Ahaz says, he could have said, I want two planets to collide. I like he could have said, I want the oceans to rise. I mean, he could have said anything. Like, like he left it to Ahaz to pick, but the king refused. No, he said, I will not test the Lord like that. Then Isaiah said, listen well, you royal family of David. This is the line by which Jesus was born. Isn't it enough to exhaust human patience? Must you exhaust the patience of God, of my God as well. I think it's kind of funny where God tells him to do something, and, and it's not like he's in trouble, but he's just saying, test me. Think of anything. I will confirm it for you, that I will come through for you. I will deliver your people. That's what God is promising to do. I will deliver your people. And Ahab's like, no, I'm not going to do it. Like, I, I have a five-year-old, and I feel like, that's pretty much a child's response. No, I won't do it. You're not in trouble, Sky. Like I'm just just tell me what you want to do. No, I'm not going to I'm not going to do it because you told me to tell you. Oh Jesus. But that that's kind of what's happening. God's saying, "Ahaz, tell me what whatever you want and I'll do it." And Ahaz is like, "Nope, I'm not going to do it." And so he's exhausting patience. And then he says, all right then, the Lord himself will give you a sign. Look, the virgin will conceive a child. She will give birth to a son and you will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. So this was hundreds of years before Mary. This was a sign that Ahaz was looking for back in his day for deliverance of his people and God did deliver them 
But he was looking for this sign. So if you guys are looking for God to show up in a sign and he hasn't yet in your life, hold on. Just be patient. God doesn't go back on his word. Ahaz passed away, but this sign was still fulfilled. God still delivered the people. And ultimately, through Christ, he delivered all people. And now we step into Luke. And we get to see the culmination of that prophecy hundreds of years later. The virgin conceived. She carried the baby for nine months. And it says in Luke chapter 1 that Joseph did not have any relations with her until after Christ was born. So we're looking in Luke chapter 2 starting at verse 1. We're going to look all the way through verse 20. It says, at that time... The Roman Emperor Augustus decreed that a census should be taken throughout the Roman Empire. This was the first, take, uh, first census taken when Quirinius was governor of Syria. All returned to their own ancestral towns to register for this census. And because Joseph was a descendant of King David, he had to go to Bethlehem in Judea, David's ancient home. He traveled there from the village of Nazareth in Galilee. So just FYI, that's about a 100-mile trip. I, I actually looked it up t um, this week. And it only takes, uh, get this, it only takes like an hour and a half to make now. But in Jesus' time, that would have been like a two-week trip. So don't, aren't you glad that we can go 70 miles an hour? Like, it, that, that's amazing. I, we we went to Davy Crockett the other day, and we passed a horse and buggy on the way out there. And I was like, man, I'm so, like, we're going to get home, and they're still going to be whipping that horse. I'm so glad of modern technology, but um, this, this plays into something later. He took with him Mary, to whom he was engaged, who was now expecting a child. I don't know. Do we ever really think about the convenience of what's going on here? She is nine months pregnant. I know when Amy was like seven months pregnant, they're like, no more traveling. Uh-uh. Uh-uh. She's taking a two-week trip on a donkey. Arguably with a donkey. Um... And while they were there, the time came for her baby to be born. She gave birth to her firstborn son. She wrapped him in snugly, snugly in strips of cloth and laid him in a manger, because there was no lodging available for them. That night, there were shepherds staying in the fields nearby, guarding their flocks of sheep. Now, I want us to grab a hold of this, because sometimes we could gloss over stuff that we read so often, yearly or bi-yearly, or you know, maybe you guys are super spiritual and read this story every week, but we could gloss over. That night, there were shepherds staying in the fields nearby, guarding their flocks of sheep. They were doing something. They weren't just night owls. They had to do this. Suddenly, an angel of the Lord appeared among them, and the radiance of the Lord's glory surrounded them. They were terrified. This is uh, when 
When you encounter God in all his glory or just somebody representing his glory, there will be a holy terror that comes over you because he's God Almighty. In fact, the Lord spoke from Mount Sinai to his people one time and they told Moses, never let that happen again. We were terrified. And the shepherds were no different. It says, this is how Jesus the Messiah was born. His mother Mary was in, we are in the wrong spot, but we're going to move forward. Suddenly, an angel of the Lord appeared among them, and the radiance of the Lord's glory surrounded them. They were terrified, but the angel reassured them, don't be afraid. There that is again. Like, twice already in this, in this narrative of Jesus' birth, there is, don't be afraid, he said, I bring you good news that will bring great joy to all people. The Savior, yes, the Messiah, the Lord has been born today in Bethlehem, the city of David. Someone they were looking for their entire life. Like when, when he said the Savior, when, they, when, when he said the Messiah, these, these guys knew. They were Jews. They read the Old Testament. They knew exactly what he was talking about this angel was talking about and you will recognize him by this sign you will find a baby wrapped snugly in strips of cloth lying in a manger suddenly the angel was joined by a vast host of others the armies of heaven praising God saying glory to God in the highest and peace on earth to those whom God is pleased we so often misquote that have you ever noticed that? We always say, peace on earth and goodwill towards men. That's not what the Bible says. The Bible says, peace on earth to, to those with whom God is pleased. God will give you peace if you live a life that pleases him. And that's bonus. When the, when the angel of the Lord, when the angels had returned to heaven, the shepherds said to each other, let's go to Bethlehem. Let's see this thing that has happened which the Lord has told us about. They hurried to the village and found Mary and Joseph. And there was the baby lying in the manger. After seeing him, the shepherds told everyone what had happened and what the angel has said to them about this child. But Mary kept all these things in her heart and thought about them often. The shepherds went back to their flocks, glorifying and praising God for all they had seen and heard. It was just as the angel had told them. Today, this is the culmination of God's dream. And I want us to just look at a couple things. But the one thought I want us to walk out of here with is God fulfills dreams. This is, only God can, can accomplish his dream and launch new dreams at the same time. That's what God is doing because he accomplishes his dream of reconciling the earth, but then he turns around and gives us a mission of reconciliation. It's an accomplishment and a launching at the same time. But God fulfills dreams. And when God fulfills dreams, it looks certain ways. It looks certain ways. And sometimes we, we, have, we have in our mind 
a certain way that we think dreams should be accomplished, dreams should be filled. And let me tell you, God hardly ever, ever, ever lives up to our expectations. He almost always, in fact, I would say always, exceeds our expectations of what we think should happen. We think things should go one way, and then God exceeds them. And we think dreams should be accomplished this way, and then God exceeds them. And so God, the birth of Christ is a fulfillment of God's dream. He said, a virgin will conceive, and he will be Emmanuel, God with us. He will save his, his people from their sins. And in fact, th this wasn't like the first time this happened. This happened throughout Scripture, starting with Eve. In, in the pronunciation of the curse upon Eve, Jesus or God tells Eve, he says, your descendants will, 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 will crush the enemy with their hill. The, the, the snake will strike the hill and, 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 the, and, and the descendants will crush the enemy. That's, that, that's a prophecy about Christ. He defeats the enemy of our souls upon the cross. And then he goes on to Abraham and he gives an, another prophecy. He says, all the descendants of earth will be blessed through you. And then he goes on and on through, through the prophets. Almost every prophet has something to be said about Jesus coming into the world it's not like a one-time thing that only one prophet. The whole entire Old Testament points to this one moment where Jesus steps into the earth. And then the whole New Testament points back to that one moment where Jesus rose from the dead. That's the dream of reconciliation. And, and reconciliation is a, is a mathematical term. It means to put into the right category. God's dream for his people was to put us in the right category. It's, it's to put us in relationship with him. The right category for his people is in relationship with him. That's it. God fulfills dreams. And... God fulfills dreams in ways we don't expect. I would say God operates backwards and upside down. I, I, the more I looked at this story, the more I look at the, the, the totality of Scripture, it's backwards and upside down of what I expect every single time. It's backwards and upside down. For instance, let's just start with Revelations. I believe it's Revelation 3.8. Before the foundation of the earth, Christ was slain. Okay? Well, that doesn't make sense. That's backwards. Because if you look at creation, God spoke creation into existence and he said it was good. There was no sin. It was perfect. Adam and Eve lived in a utopia. It was perfect. It was like amazing. They had everything they wanted. They didn't need, they didn't want, there was no shame, there was no sin. They, they walked freely and did what they wanted to do and they had a perfect relationship with God, nothing hindering them. And yet, before God spoke any of that, he had a plan for reconciliation. That's backwards. Unless God knew something, they didn't. And he did, because he's God. I mean, look, look at how God delivered his people from, Israel, uh, from Egypt. Instead of sending an army, which he could have, he chose to deliver them through a series of plagues to turn a heart. Upside down. We expected armies to come in and liberate people. 
But that's not how God works. That's how man works. And then if, if we skip forward, we look at David and Goliath. We have a shepherd boy stepping into a military ranks saying, I'll take on that giant. When there's a, literally an army, like the Philistine army and the Israelite army, were lining up every day in battle formation. And every day, at the same time, Goliath would step forward and say his same threat every single time. And then the Israelite army would scatter and get scared. But then it took a shepherd boy who's not formally trained that didn't have anything other than a slingshot to go out there and take care of business. Backwards. You step forward 2,000 years and, and you have the king of all kings. God Almighty, who has been enthroned for eternity past and will be enthroned for eternity future, stepping into a point in time approximately, actually, 3 B.C. Um, he was born before Christ. It's crazy, I know. Um, once again, backwards and upside down. Stepping into a point in time and not being born in a palace, not being worshipped by priests. God steps in to human existence through the womb of a virgin backwards, that doesn't happen. It's upside down. It doesn't make sense. Then he gets delivered not through a wealthy, it's a poor teenage girl whose, hu whose future husband is a tradesman. They, they, they were going to make a living that way. And then not only on top of that, Jesus comes at the most inconvenient time. It's backwards. Like, think about this. Jesus could have came a year later. And they wouldn't have had to go to Bethlehem for a census. Or he could have came a year before, and they wouldn't have had to go to Bethlehem for a census. No, they had to go when Mary is about to have a baby. An inconvenient time to fulfill scripture and prophecy. I understand that, but God knows what he's doing. But God fulfills things backwards and upside down from our expectation. We'd expect the king of all kings to be born in the most amazing, glamorous palace the world has to offer at that time, but yet he was born in a stable in a feeding trough for horses. Wrapped in strips of cloth, not even a blanket. Backwards and upside down. And then on top of that, the people who came to worship him first. It wasn't people who we, we would think. It wasn't the priests who were studying the scripture day in and day out. It wasn't the Sadducees or the Pharisees that are religious people, religious leaders of the time. It wasn't any of that. It was shepherds who are watching over their flocks by night. You know why sh how shepherds were outcasts? They were a necessity to their religious system, but the reality is no one wanted to be around them. They smelled. They dealt with stuff. They, they were constantly, like, they, they had issues. They were, they were unlikely. And yet those were the people that God said, I'm going to tell about my son's birth first. It's backwards. 
But that's how God fulfills dreams. So if you're here today or you're watching later online, God, and, and you're saying, oh, my expectations are skewed. That's good. Just let it go. Because God works backwards and upside down from what we expect. And if you feel like you're unqualified to be a part of this dream that God has placed in you, or you, or, or you feel unqualified to be used by God, just remember, he chose shepherds first. He didn't choose the qualified people that, that the, he didn't choose the high priest that goes into the Holy of Holies where God's presence dwelt yearly. He didn't choose that. He chose people who were working class, who stayed up at night, they smelled like sheep excrement, they, they smelled like livestock, they, they, were, they were nasty. They, and those are the people that he said, I'm going to invite them to the birth of my son. So if you feel like an outcast, you're in good company. Those are the people that God loves to invite in. If you feel like you're really religious and you're very pious, well, maybe you need to be humbled. Maybe go spend some time with some sheep. Because God likes to invite in the people that no one expects. God likes to move in ways that no one expects. God fulfills dreams. And... The first thing that I, I noticed about this, on top of it being backwards and upside down, is when God fulfills dreams, there's celebration. There's celebration. God fulfilled the dream of reconciliation for humanity, and it wasn't just a, a moment for Mary and Joseph. He sent the entirety of the angel armies of heaven to worship and declare and celebrate. And he sent it to a group of shepherds watching their flock by night. There is celebration when God fulfills dreams. God is so happy that his son is being born because he knows what it's going to lead to. It's not just that Jesus is being born, but he knows that the culmination of this dream is going to birth other dreams. It, it, the culmination of this dream births a dream in you, births a dream in you, births a dream in you. Every one of us is a culmination of a dream that God birthed through this birth. God's dreams birth new dreams. And that culmination is the reconciliation. The fact that you have a relationship with Jesus is the new birthing of this dream that this dream brought. God's dreams birth new dreams. And another thing that happened here with the celebration, there was pain and celebration at the same time. And so often we think that when God's dream fulfills, we're like, yes, it's done and over with. Let's move forward. There's a celebration, but then there's a new pain of what do I do with this dream? There is that. Mary was experiencing the birth pain, literally. Joseph was experiencing worry because suddenly he goes from being a carpenter to a uh, delivery doctor and he's delivering this baby maybe he has experience I don't know but he's doing it 
And then suddenly, at the same time when all that's happening, God sends an angel to shepherds who are unlikely people to celebrate the birth of his son. There's celebration and pain at the same time. I I, kind of think of like a doctor, okay? A doctor who gets like a PhD in medicine or whatever, and they have a dream of becoming a doctor. And that's, that's 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 a novel dream, right? You have a dream your whole life. I want to become a doctor. I want to become a doctor. And you go to school, and you go through, well, I don't know, 10 years of schooling um, on top of your normal high school education to become a doctor. And once you graduate, you get, you get that, that diploma that says doctor, whatever your name is, Ph.D. Now that you have it, that's the culmination of a dream, right? But then you have to turn around and live that dream. So now you... Because that dream happened, that dream was birthed and accomplished, now you got to birth out a practice. You have, you, have to, you have to treat people. You have to deal with sick people. There's pain in walking out that dream. Or, or, or a person that dreams about be, be going into the army. They, they go into the army. They become an officer, whatever. That, that's a dream. Wow, you graduated West Point. But now you have to serve that dream. And that's what God's dreams does. He doesn't just culminate his dreams. He launches new dreams on top of that. And, and there's a celebration, but then there's a requirement. The, the shepherds were watching their flocks at night. And the second thought I want to give you, not on... There's celebration, then there's motion. And the the shepherds, you guys want to guess at why the shepherds were washing their flocks by night? Guarding their flocks by night. Wolves, yeah. Predators like to hunt at night because they have an advantage. I I watch a lot of nature documentaries and... um, and one thing I've noticed, like lions and wolves and different predators that, that, that are carnivores, almost exclusive, they, they can actually see better than their prey at night. And so what God normally does with prey is he makes them stupid fast and really agile so they can get away. But a lot of times lions and wolves will hunt at night to give themselves an advantage because their prey can't see them as well. So the shepherds had to stand up and stay up and guard their flocks at night. So they were doing something. But as soon as they heard the culmination of the dream of the Messiah coming into the world, the angel armies hearing the declaration, God has fulfilled the dream. As soon as they heard that, they said, we can't stay here anymore. We can't stay we got to go. We got to move. We got to leave everything that we cherish behind. They left their flocks. They didn't leave people to guard them. They were the guarding people. They left them to scatter. They left. They didn't care. Because when God fulfills dreams, you need to move. And what did that lead to? They, they, they went and saw this child. And guess what? Jesus wasn't much to look at. He was a baby, probably covered in blood. 
Newborns are gross. Just FYI. <laughs> um, doesn't mean that you love them any less. Just means like you just let the nurse finish cleaning them up before you hold them. Um, so I'm heartless, I guess, evidently. But, or maybe I'm just real. But they, they walk up and they see Jesus in the manger. And they're so overwhelmed with excitement, with joy, with this is what the angel said. And, and the sign, you will find a baby wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. And they came and worshipped Christ. They came and worshipped Jesus. And they walked away telling everyone what they had seen and what they had heard. The angels came to us in the middle of the field. We were watching our flocks by night. And he said, for unto you today, born in the city of David, is a child, a savior, the Messiah. Like, they're telling everyone they couldn't keep their mouth shut. They had to move. They had to have motion. They couldn't just say, oh, that's cool. And then they went back to watching their flocks. No, when, 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 when God gives us a dream, when we see the accomplishment of the dream and he relaunches and he says, now it's time to walk out the dream. There has to be motion. There has to be. The shepherds walked out this dream. And the last thought I want to leave you with is there's new beginning. When Jesus was born, and throughout his life, he fulfilled over 350 Old Testament prophecies. Not to mention all the prophecies he just fulfilled on the cross. It is a mathematical impossibility for one man to, to fulfill every one of those prophecies except for Jesus. He's the only one that could. And when he was born... It opened up new birth. It wasn't just when the shepherds got there, they saw the new birth, but it opened up new birth for possibility. Suddenly, it wasn't just Jews who were the chosen people. Suddenly, all people are chosen by God to have a relationship with him. It wasn't just um, one, one small subgroup of people. It was all people. For God so loved the world, it started a new birth. And suddenly, because of that new birth, we get to have new birth. Jesus tells this guy, his name's Nicodemus, he says, unless you're born again, like a new birth. A new birth can take place because of his new birth. And that's what happens. God he, he fulfills a dream and launches a dream at the same time. And I want to tell you about a dream I have. And the Lord gave it to me, February of 2019. And I played this one pretty close to the chest. I'm sure that you guys heard us. Like May of 2019, we went into a fast, and we fasted for the dead of this church. We fasted for the dead of this church multiple times. Okay, so I, I want us to hear this, and I, I, want, I want us to get excited for a second, but I had an interview. I, I, I kind of talked about this a little bit last week, not, not this particular thing, but I had an interview with the board. I put my resume in the end of uh, January, I, I believe, and um, 
they, they took and they contacted me and they, they said they wanted to do like a, a Skype interview with me in, in February. So I had that first Skype interview with our board and it was really encouraging. And, and I got to talk with Pastor Eddie. He was a part of that process and, and our board um, at the time was Alan, Phil, Randy, and then Jim. And uh, we were talking. They're asking me stuff about ministry and different things. Had a really good conversation. Um, Phil was really mean to me. I almost cried, but it was fun. I'm just joking. He wasn't. Everyone's like, that makes sense. Yeah, it was Phil. That's Phil. No, I'm, jo- I'm joking. Stop. Stop it, Ryan. I-, I had to pick on him at least once a message. Um, so I got off, and I was so nervous. Um, at the <laughs> My kids were running in and out. I locked myself in a room, and they're just knocking on the door. I'm like, God. Just let my kids pass out. I don't care what from. <laughs> Just like, and because of that, Amy didn't really get to be in the interview all that much. We had, we ended up having a babysitter scheduled for that night, but then we had an ice storm and the babysitter couldn't get to our house. So I got off the phone and I, I, I was talking to Amy. I said, Ames, I, I think, I think that's where God's going to put us. I'm, I just, I feel that. I, I don't know why I feel that, but I think God's going to put us there. Well, Amy took and put the kids to bed, and I said, i got to stay up and pray. And I stayed up and did push-ups and prayer. Got my heart rate up so I could pray better, evidently. But as I was praying, the Lord told me to pray for two things for this church. And I didn't know any of this. I want, I want you to understand. Like, it wasn't, with that interview, it was just to kind of get to know one another. Um, they didn't really give me any details about the church on that interview. It was just kind of a preliminary, hi, this is us, that's you type of thing. And the Lord said, you need to pray for C1 Church. You need to pray for healing over their hearts. I said, okay, God, I'll pray for healing over their hearts. And you need to pray for their debt. Those were the two things the Lord just impressed on my heart. And this is before I got an offer to come preach. This This is before they wanted to interview me in person. This is before any of that. This is regardless of whether they chose me to be the pastor here, that's what the Lord told me to pray for you guys for. Because God has a dream for this church. God has a purpose for this church. God has plans for seeing one church. And so I started praying. I started praying hard and heavy about this. And then Amy and I and the family came up, uh, I think it was February 11th or so, uh, to, to interview kind of and, and uh, to get to know them in person and um, Phil was so generous and he took us around the town he was driving so crazy Terry got sick and um, <laughs> I'm just joking she really, uh, but she, he took us around the town and the Lord said I, I just I, like as I was just I was I just fell in love with the people in the town here I was like God you want to move here I don't know how you're going to move here but you want to do something in Columbia and I want to be a part of it. And so and we, were, we were doing an interview down in the Allen Center. And they, they told me that they had it for sale at the time and everything. And I told them, I said, listen, I don't know if this is relevant. And this might be one of those things that you might say, okay, this guy does not hear from God at all. And we need to mark him off. We'll just entertain him for the weekend and send him back. Or this might be spot on. And um, 
I'm paraphrasing now, but I essentially told the board in the interview, I said, the Lord really laid on my heart after that first interview to pray for healing for this church and to pray for the debt of this church. And they're like, that's, that's pretty spot on. And then, then um, um, they, they, after that weekend, they offered me to come back and, and preach and get voted on. And Randy, um, it, it, uh, as a man of integrity and the board as, a, as people of integrity, they, they sent me a letter explaining some, some stuff that has happened in the course of not, not, not anything bad, but, but just kind of giving me, like, this is what you're going to step into if you, step, if, if you accept this position. And when I read it, what God told me, he said, these are your people. You need to pray for them. I said, okay. And um, in that letter, it said we're, over, we're probably about $860,000 in debt in, in February. And I just kept praying and kept praying and kept praying. And then we came and got voted on at the beginning of March. And then we got an offer on that building. I, I'm sure you guys remember um, we got an offer on that building, and the Lord just kept saying, um, keep praying. I'm like, okay. So we sold the building in April of 2019, and so will you please put up that graph real quick. In April of 2019, we owed 852000 I rounded it down, and as of this month, we owe... Seventy-seven thousand nine hundred and ninety nine hundred and sixty-six dollars. I rounded it up, so I was forty-four dollars off. Guys, come on, let's give God some praise. Let's celebrate. God, in one fell swoop, over seven hundred thousand dollars, because we got a cash offer. And in one fell swoop, over $730,000 in one month, God knocked it down. And we've fasted and prayed about this. We've, we've, um, we've, we've been praying continually about this. Some of you guys have given to it. Um, now, I'm going to tell you, I'm declaring in faith, this 78000 technically seven, seven, $77,966, that's going to be gone next year. And how it's going to be gone is we're going to celebrate what God has done. And then this is a dream. We're going to celebrate. We're going to celebrate what God has done. But then we have to have motion. Next year, just like, just like we, we, uh, we have a, a, a mission Sunday, we're going to emphasize this. We're going to keep this in front of us week in and week out. And we're going we're gonna to help us remember this is within striking distance. We start moving towards this. I'm telling you what's going to happen. When we start moving towards this and we start putting our, 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 our feet where our faith is, God's going to take care of it. That's how he works. We've been praying about it. 
And I, I can't help but think that before I was offered anything, the Lord told me to pray for the debt. And that's why I've been having us pray for the debt week in and week out. This is not, not, not just a dream to get out of debt, but what that will allow us to do. It will literally bring new birth. Just like when God fulfills dreams, it, there's celebration. Believe me, we'll celebrate. There will be motion. We're going to be able to move forward. We're going to be able to do more things, and there will be new birth. What that will allow, we can reinvest that money into the kingdom and not a bank. This is, a, this is so amazing, guys. And I, I wanted to hit you with this. One of the last things over the course, because of your faithfulness, we're able to continue to knock this down over the course of 2020. But I'm telling you, 2021, we're going to knock this out. It's on the ropes. It's on the ropes. Let's do this together. Let's be like the shepherds and move. Let's, there will be opportunities to give towards this. And I believe as we put our feet where our faith is, God's going to move. God's going to move. Are you guys excited about that? Come on. Let's just, let's just give God some more praise real quick. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. And it's going to be lower by the time we have our business meeting. It's going to, I believe it's going to be in the 60,000s by that time. We can do this. When we put our feet where our faith is. Because it doesn't take a lot. It just takes a little bit of faith. And then God steps in and does the rest. I really think that. I really think that. There will be opportunities. Man, I'm excited. I'm telling you, I'm excited for 2021. I think this can be gone by June. I really do. I think we won't have to hack at this for a whole year. I think as we are just, we step up in faith. And it doesn't have to be a lot. It could just... I'm going to approach this the way I've always approached giving, the way the New Testament tells us to give. Each one of us should pray about it. If the Lord tells you to give, then give. If he tells you to give a dollar, a, an obedient dollar to what God tells you to do is better than $10,000. The board's like, whoa, 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 step back off of that. You know, um, No, I'm telling you, if the Lord just tells you to give a penny, God can do more with a penny than a millionaire can do with a million dollars. I, I will always tell us to do what God tells us to do. And the best thing I can ask you to do, as, you, as we know this is coming now, for 2021, pray about it. And this is an exciting thing. You know this church has paid hundreds of thousands of dollars in interest on this thing. Not on the island. I wish we owned the island. That would be amazing. Um... That would be quite the investment. Next year, we're going to have Christmas there on the Catalina Island off the coast of California. But I'm so excited of what God's about to do in 2021. I'm asking us to pray because of the new birth, the, the outreach. We have plans for how to pour into the community next year. Not just what we've been doing through life groups, but we have plans to, to bless our community. 
and we're praying about it right now, how we can help families in need. We're trying to think outside the box of this building and say, okay, God, you've blessed us, so let's bless. And the more we step and put our our feet where our faith is, God's going to keep blessing. God's going to keep showing up. God's going to keep doing what only he can do. And then he's, he's going to say, you know what? You've been good stewards. You've been a good steward of your talents, so I'm going to give you more. I'm, and, 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 and it's just, that's how God works. And so today, I, I just, I wanted to end on a high note. I wanted, to, I wanted us to get excited. Look what 2021 can bring. It could bring freedom from something. It could, it, could, it, could bring, it could bring hope through Jesus. That's what, that's what God does. That's what God does. He bursts dreams. He bursts dreams in us. And then he helps us bring dreams into fruition. Whenever one dream ends or it's culminated, or accomplished, it's just a launching pad for another dream. When we pay off this debt, it's a launching pad for another dream. When we, when we accomplish that, it's a launching pad. At the end of the day, all this is to lead people to a growing relationship with Jesus Christ. If you're here today, and the Lord's been working in you a dream, This whole series has been about dreams, how different dreams that God fulfills and God does and dreams how we didn't ask for this. I guarantee you, Mary didn't ask to ride on a donkey for two weeks right before she's about to give birth, but she had to. But when we walk and move like the shepherds, we just step into obedience, something happens. And I believe that God's about to birth into you excitement for that dream that God's put in your heart. Excitement. To recapture. Just like those shepherds, they went and told everyone what God has done, what they've heard and seen. And what I want to do today is I just want to pray. I want to pray for for us. And I want us to take time to pray. Because every one of us have expectations. Every one of us have thoughts. And, and, and sometimes it's hard to celebrate. Sometimes it's hard to, to move. Sometimes it's hard to see the new birth and the possibilities. But I just want to take a moment. And we don't have to have music. We don't have to have any of that. I just want to take a moment and say, God, what are you wanting to birth in me? What do you want to accomplish in me before the end of the year? What do you want to do through me next year? Because I guarantee you, if we just step up and say, God, I'm available, he'll do it. If we step in faith, we, 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 we put our feet where our faith is. We just got through a book called James, and it says, without, faith, without action, faith is dead. And we got to put our feet where our faith is. And those dreams that God's laid on your heart, maybe you have a dream about seeing your lost family coming to know Jesus. That doesn't have to wait till next year. You can have a phone call today. 
There might be pain in that conversation, but it might start something. But we need to ask, God, what are you wanting to do? What are you wanting to do in me? What are you wanting to do through me? What dream are you wanting to accomplish? Because every one of us have dreams. God wants to do something. God wants to accomplish something. God wants to move you. It's not enough to stay where we're at. We've got to move forward. We've got to dream. We've got to push forward. Father, I pray right now for your church as we just take a moment. Just take a moment in silence and to ask you, God, what are you wanting to do? What are you wanting to do in me? Lord Jesus, what should I be celebrating that you accomplished in me this year? What should I, what should I be, be moving on? What should I be moving towards? And Lord Jesus, what new thing are you wanting to birth in me? Let's just, let's just take a moment. Let's just, let's just pray. Some people in here that have dreams of, of letting go of, of things they felt for years, that they know that this, this attitude, this really heart condition, metaphorically, is not from God. And I have a dream, and I've been pursuing God about it. Let me tell you, that's what God does. And just like, just like pregnancy is a process of development, I just want to encourage you. Because I feel like there's some people in here that are discouraged because you've been saying, I've been fighting this for years. I've been trying to get rid of it for years. You're making progress. God's working on you. And and it's <laughs> your deliverance looks different backwards and upside down than what you expect. If I were to ask for a show of hands, I would say you just expect God to miraculously deliver you from, from what you're dealing with emotionally, whether it be an addiction. I, I, my hand would be up. That's what I expected. But it wasn't like that because God works through process. He works, he works through <laughs> upside down. He works through confession. He works through so many different things. But you're making progress. Now, I just, I just really feel like I need to encourage you. Don't give up. Keep going. It's a process. And God is working in you and through you. He is working in you and through you. And know how I know that is when you, when, it, <laughs> when you have those moments of weakness, you hate it. When you have those moments of losing your temper, you hate it. When you have those moments of, God, I don't want this anymore. Why am I still dealing with it? That's proof that God's working on you. So be patient and be encouraged. It's a process. 
God's birthing in you something. He's birthing in you something, and it takes time. And there's a lesson to be learned along the way. Father, I pray right now for your church that you'll show up this week leading up to Christmas. I pray that you'll bless your church, bless their comings and goings. Bless them as they lay their heads down, as they rise up in the morning. I pray right now, Father, that you'll just move over them. I pray for your Holy Spirit to overflow in them. I pray that as family comes in or they go to family and there's those people that don't know you, I pray that you'll give your church wisdom and how to speak life and your gospel to them in such a way that their family members who are far from you or their friends who are far from you can understand and receive it. And Father, I pray right now for a supernatural outpouring of your spirit in 2021 to refill us with the baptism of the Holy Spirit to fill us with dunamis power to become the church alive and active, to become the church that you want us to be, glorious and white. Lord Jesus, I pray, Lord, that you will prepare our hearts for the influx of, of what you're going to pour into us so we can pour out to this world that so desperately needs you. Lord, help us to celebrate you well this week. Help us to glorify you well this week. In your mighty name, Jesus, I pray. Amen. Merry Christmas. I'm still excited about just owing $77,966. I'm, I'm stoked about that, guys. This is going to be gone next year. Have a great week.